This is going to be a little short video. It's a continuation of my thoughts from yesterday and uh, a little bit on the post that I just made asking a question. Have charismatics, and by that I do not mean every single one of them everywhere, I'm speaking generally. Have charismatics taken Christianity so far that it has become a separate and distinct religion with its own God, its own theology, its own thoughts. Um, let me explain what I'm saying. Everywhere in the Bible, there are these wonderful Bible promises, um, but they are almost always attached to uh, an if clause, if you will do this, I will, says God. And they are almost always followed by a curse, and that curse is predicated, but if, but if. As in, if you follow me and do not turn aside to other gods, and you humble yourselves, and you pray, and you do the right things, if you do that, I will bless you. But if you leave me and go to other gods, I will curse you. I will hurt you. I will punish you. Almost every promise, with very few exceptions, like uh, the promise to Noah that God would never again uh, destroy the world by flood. That is an unconditional promise. Uh, the promise to Abraham that he would bless his seed forever is an unconditional promise. But that's not the problem that Charismatics and many Pentecostals seem to have today. I know the extremes have become part of a group uh, called the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation, and they preach a really weird doctrine that we need to join together with uh, the Roman Catholics, the Muslims, and the Jews, and together all of the children of Abraham need to take over the world and control the world and either through conversion or better yet through coercion, force, power, and strength, enforce some kind of, of Noahic uh, covenant, some kind of Noahic law um, on the people, a moral law, and bring the world into a state of moral correctness. And then only when we do that, which in fact would create the kingdom of God, according to them, on earth, can Jesus Christ return and rule the kingdom which we have established for him? That's really, that's, that's total heresy. That's just far out there, and it's a little beyond what I'm speaking of. But what I am speaking of is this thing where we have pulled 
all of these verses completely out of context. And we speak of resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's wonderful and it's in the Bible, but it is that follows humble yourselves before God. And it goes on to say, you know, humble yourselves, let God lift you up. Come away from your, let your joy be turned to mourning and sadness. Just repent, get right with God. And if you will mourn, if you will be sorry for your sin, if you will humble yourself and admit, I cannot do this, God must do this for me. I cannot work out my own sins and and make them go away. That has to happen through the blood of Jesus. I have to be washed clean. I have to be forgiven. And if I do those things, and if I am humble, and if I have mourned and been sad for my sins, if I have really regretted my sins and confessed that I don't have the power to change it and ask God to change it, then having done all that, I can resist the devil and he will flee. But the way we have taught it is, you can stand there in arrogance and pride and just in with no connection, no if clause, nothing, no conditions. You as a Christian have the right and the power to stand up and command the devil to flee. And I heard a preacher quote that wrong, and he just simply stood in the pulpit and said, rebuke the devil, and he will flee from you. Rebuke and resist are totally different words. And we have taken promises like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we have interpreted that, interpreted that to mean, I can make my business great. I can make a lot of money. I can buy a nice house in a nice gated community. I can get a Rolls Royce and hire somebody to drive it for me. I can buy a house so big that I need maids to keep it clean. And I can make enough money to pay the maids to keep it clean. And that's how we've interpreted that. But look, Paul, Paul, who is the one who originally said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, was writing from a jail cell. He was in prison. If he meant it the way we mean it, why didn't he just command the devil to run away? and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and get up and walk out of that prison, go make a lot of money, buy some kind of a condo overlooking the Mediterranean Sea, and retire, 
and just wait to die playing tennis with all his buddies. That's how we interpret it. But in fact, Paul talks about having been beaten with both rods and whips, having been stoned and left for dead, having spent more time in jail than anybody else, being cold and tired and hungry and naked, being shipwrecked, spending a day and a night in the sea. And that's what Paul was talking about. That's what the scripture's talking about. That's what the Bible's talking about. But that's not what they're talking about when they talk about it on Sunday morning from the pulpit. They're talking about making life in Babylon a real joy and a wonderful thing. And instead of looking forward to heaven, instead of being a part of the kingdom of God and standing against Babylon and the king of this world, the, the god of this world, Satan, they get all excited about being right-wing and Republican. Or if you're in a different church, being Democrat and liberal. But most of the charismatic churches are all proud to be Republican. And why? Because God is supposed to use Republicans to restore the United States of America and give them a great lifestyle on this earth. And it seems obvious to me watching them that their greatest love is for their own lives. And Jesus said, he who loves his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it. But they aren't losing their lives. They're commanding God to make them rich and comfortable. And they're commanding Satan to get his hands off of all of their Babylonian junk and leave it alone. And I am beginning to honestly believe, and I'm looking for your input, I'm just telling my side of this thing, what I think. But I'm looking for your input. Have we, we, yeah, I'm a Pentecostal. I'm in the Church of God, that's technically Pentecostal. Um, I've been a member of Assembly of God churches, that's technically charismatic, but we're talking about basically the same thing today. And I am thinking that we have gone so far from the truth by simply ripping out happy verses and quoting happy verses over and over and over again and moving from that to the idea that we can command God Almighty, manipulate him. And I hear them say it in plain English. Not all of them, not in my church, not my pastor. I'm not talking about that. 
but I'm talking about turning on the TV on Sunday morning and watching a church service. And they have flat ignored every if clause, every but if clause. They have only talked about the blessings. They have only talked about the strengths, the happy stuff, the good stuff. They have in 20 years not once mentioned suffering or martyrdom or enduring to the end. It's just happy stuff. And it's not about heaven. It's about Babylon and making life in Babylon happy. And I am beginning to believe that Lucifer has come in and that in many churches, many people are worshiping Lucifer and calling him Jesus. Jesus said that in the last days, false Christs would arise. And that is not just false Christs in the form of false preachers, that is false Christs in the form of demonic characters, powerful demonic characters, who identify themselves as being Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Very, very unholy, filthy, dirty, demonic spirits playing religious and pretending to be God Almighty. And they have fooled and deceived a lot of people. And I am beginning to wonder if it has not just gone so far that it has become a separate and distinct religion apart from Christianity something new. The word occultianity is being thrown around on the internet, and I like it. Because this idea that you can come up with a magic formula and somehow force God to do whatever you want God to do, and it has nothing to do with heaven. It's always forcing God to make life better in Babylon. And that's not Christianity. Christianity is an honest religion. And the Bible makes plenty of room for curses and hell and destruction. The Bible clearly speaks of Christians dying for their faith. Jesus said, you will be handed over to be killed. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And he said, those who endure to the end will be saved. One last question. Do you really think, do you really believe that people who have never been taught about the suffering saints, people who are totally unaware of Paul's suffering and the suffering of the other apostles and disciples and church fathers 
those who have chosen to keep themselves apart from the suffering of Christians around the world today and throughout history, those who see God as a way to get rich, a way to get comfortable, and if you get sick, a way to get healed, and nothing more. This idea they have that Jesus died to make me rich, fat, happy, and, you know, make my life wonderful here on earth. And that's what I was being taught, and I'm hearing it all the time. Do you think those people who believe that and preach that and teach that are going to make it through the tribulation? What exactly are they going to do when somebody puts a knife to their throat and says, renounce Christ or die? What are they going to do? They don't even know that such a thing's possible. Are they going to stand there and rebuke the devil and command the executioner to drop his knife in Jesus' name? Is that what they're going to do? I don't know. But the overall question is simply this, and I would love for some of you to write out your arguments, whether you're for it or against it. Write out your arguments. If you're on the side that I unfortunately find myself on, give me some verses and some passages and some arguments that strengthen that. If you're against it and you think I'm wrong, give me some verses and some passages that build up your side and give me something to think about and consider and maybe a way out of this sad conclusion to which I have come. Anyway, God bless you. Have a good day. And remember to always consider the if clauses and never to forget to read the but if clauses. In the end, that could make the difference between going to heaven and going to hell. God bless you.